Welcome to the March or Die show today. Very glad to have you joining me and excited to have this conversation with you. Wherever it is you are watching from and or listening from, depending on what avenue you take, make sure that you are subscribed. If you're listening to the podcast, audio only, make sure you're subscribed to your podcast platform of choice. That lets you know when this content comes out. It's pushed directly to you. Want to make sure you have that. So go ahead and subscribe. If you're watching on YouTube, thank you for doing that. You can subscribe on YouTube. Of course, go to the YouTube channel. If you're not there yet, search for my name, Jeremy Stallnecker. Hit subscribe, hit the notification bell, leave me a comment, share this content out, and that would be awesome. Again, this content and on YouTube in particular, other content coming out all of the time that I want to make sure you are getting, and that would be awesome. And uh, if you'd like more information about me, please jump over to jeremystalnicker.com, jeremystalnicker.com. That's my website. A lot of things there. My blog is there. That's where I write every week. Uh, Probably the most important thing on that site is the blog, but also links out to podcasts, links to all the socials. Everything can be found there. And uh, I'd love for you to check that out if you would. And just a reminder, there are a couple of organizations, a couple of companies that make content like this possible. One, I talk to you about all of the time, Freedom Fatigues. Freedom Fatigues, I uh, typically am wearing one of their t-shirts or hats, maybe a jacket, a hoodie. Uh, I'm not today, but typically I am. And uh, I love their stuff. Veteran-owned law enforcement officer, former law enforcement officer and his family, and a veteran own this company, and they make American apparel. It's made in America by Americans, uh, patriotic apparel. You want to check them out. Freedom Fatigues. Please go and check that out, Freedom Fatigues, and use code JEREMY10, J-E-R-E-M-Y-1-0. Jeremy and the number 10. When you're checking out, you will get a 10% discount, and uh, I'd love to share that with you. So please check that out. Again, they help to make this show possible. And then a new sponsor to this show, beginning this week, a a company that you are familiar with, I'm sure, MyPillow. I'm sure you've heard of MyPillow, and uh, we have now a relationship with them. They're helping to sponsor this show. Very, very grateful for them. Please check them out. If you have not used the MyPillow products, you need to. I use a MyPillow pillow. I love their slippers. We have their sheets and their towels. Fantastic. And uh, as you know, again, if you follow uh, MyPillow, not only are you supporting a great company and getting great quality products in return, but Mike Lindell, the uh, founder and owner of, uh, of MyPillow, um, I guess the owner, not founder, it's a company. I, I live a lot in the nonprofit world, a lot of founders. <laughs> He's the, the owner. Uh, he started the company, of course, and uh, very, very outspoken patriot, and we're thankful to be able to partner with him. So check out MyPillow and use the code FORWARD. F-O-R-W-A-R-D, FORWARD. This is the March or Die show, and we're talking about moving forward. And if you use that code FORWARD at checkout, uh, some great things will come along with your order. So please check out MyPillow. Use the word keyword FORWARD at checkout, and that would be awesome. And uh, I'd love for you to check out those two companies, purchase from them. These are things that you want anyhow, and they help to support this podcast. So please check them out. Freedom Fatigues, code Jeremy10. My pillow, use the code forward, and that would be awesome. Uh, this last week, if you do follow me on social media, you probably noticed that uh, I had the opportunity to participate in uh, an ultra endurance event, um, something I've been getting ready for for a long time. I've talked about it a little bit on this show. In fact, my family and I went out to 
Uh, Utah, a little town in Utah called Apple Valley, Utah. You probably haven't heard of it unless you've been to Utah, uh, maybe southwest Utah and you spent some time there. Uh, but little town, little community, a couple hundred people that live there. But it is the starting line of the Zion Ultra. And uh, I participated in the 100-kilometer distance. That's 62 miles for those of you that live in the United States. 100K, 62 miles, started in Apple Valley, Utah. Uh, that section of Utah is all public land that backs up to Zion National uh, Park. And so the park is there. Uh, we didn't go onto or into the park, but the views are all of uh, Zion. And uh, it's absolutely incredible, unbelievable place, beautiful, beautiful place, as you can imagine. Weather was great and uh, went there. I've been preparing for, uh, I guess, eight months or so, seven or eight months for this run. I've done a couple of other ultra marathon events, uh, but shorter ultra marathon events, just barely fall into the category of ultra marathon. I did a couple of 50Ks last year, and that uh, that's 31 miles, so a little bit longer than a regular marathon. And this is the longest race that I've done um, by far, so twice as long as any other event that I've done. And it was absolutely incredible. Uh, a lot of things are learned when you do something like that. And I wanted to talk today about some of the lessons learned from an ultra marathon. And uh, if you don't like running or whatever, that's fine. I, I find that running, particularly endurance running, endurance events, are such a great metaphor for life. <laughs> so much of life is just endurance. It's just pushing on. And on this show in particular, we talk about marching when it would be easier to stay where you are and die. It's the idea that as difficult as life is, as traumas and trials and, and uh, obstacles and all these issues that we deal with, they always come up. As easy as it would be when they do to stop, it's better to put one foot in front of the other and continue marching forward. Uh, there is a better way, and that better way is to just keep moving forward. When I do long-distance running events or even training for long-distance running events, so there are Saturdays where I'll go out and on a Saturday run 30 miles in preparation for one of these long events. It really comes down to that. It comes down to just putting one foot in front of the other and continuing on. I had this opportunity to run this race, and it was fantastic. It's a race in the loosest sense of the word. Uh, I was not racing against anyone. I was simply trying to finish in my best possible time, <laughs> uh, not trying to win. There were winners. Uh, they just finished a few hours before I did, so I never saw them. But uh, my job, my goal was just to finish, which I did, and I was thankful for. Uh, but so many lessons are learned, and I had a lot of time to think about these. I wanted to share a few of these with you because I think these are lessons for life, not just lessons for running. So a few things, maybe this is a little bit of a different episode, but uh, these are on my mind, and I wanted to share them with you. Here's the first one. Do everything that you can to prepare before the race begins. Do everything that you can to prepare before the race begins. I talk about this a lot, but there are so many variables in life that you cannot control. I mean, there just are. You can't control um, the weather. You can't control what's happening globally. Often, you can't control what's happening local, locally. You like to control what's happening in your home, but if there are other people involved, maybe you can't even control that. You can't control what happens, perhaps, in some areas of your finances. Maybe uh, a job is lost or positions change. Things happen. There's so many things that we cannot control that we're going to have to deal with when they stand up in front of us, when we're confronted by them. These obstacles, these trials, these difficulties. And the best way to deal with them is to be as prepared as you possibly can in every other area of life. Anything that is meaningful, 
Any endeavor that requires hard work and grit and determination, it's meaningful work. It demands preparation. So many people go through life just kind of winging it, just trying to make it. And they're always surprised when they encounter something unexpected and it knocks them down. They're surprised because not only were they not prepared for the unexpected, but they weren't prepared for the stuff they could have prepared for. Control the controllables. Control what you can control. If you can control it, if you can prepare for it, then prepare for it. Before this race, uh, I knew the routes really well. (laughs) I knew when there were going to be hills, uphills and downhills. Uh, I knew where all of the aid stations were going to be located. I had looked at the weather, so I was prepared for that to the best of my ability. There was a lot of wind that day that I didn't expect, but I had what I needed for the weather that was going to, uh, that was projected to to be on that day. Uh, So many things that I could control, that I did control, I was prepared for, so that when a few unexpected things happen along the course of a, a very long day, I could deal with them. Be as prepared as you possibly can before the race begins and know that things will change but that's okay because you're as prepared as you possibly can be here's the second one Uh, we all need coaches or mentors and they can be found everywhere I, i love this one because this is so true in my experience we all need coaches and mentors if you're doing something important you may be in marriage in a marriage marriage is important it's hard you need coaches you need mentors you need people to help you Uh, Maybe you're taking on a big task, a big goal. You're starting something new. You need coaches and mentors, people who have been a little further down the road than you, who have experience that you don't have, uh, who understand things from a different perspective than you and can help you. You need those people in your life. But check this out. They're everywhere. (laughs) Ideally, for a race like the one that I was involved in, I would have paid to have a person personally coach me. They could have put together personalized training plans and personalized nutrition plans. And I could have sat down with them and and worked through some of the issues that I was going to be dealing with. I've been running since I was a little kid. Uh, I've run in a lot of different environments and situations. This is the first big race like this that I've done, this distance, 62 miles uh, in a new place, trails, altitude, a lot of things going on I had not done before. I needed help. But I didn't have the opportunity to hire a coach. But I read books. I read blogs. I followed people on social media and then dug into what they were doing, listened to what they were saying. I listened to hundreds of hours of podcasts talking about running and talking about nutrition and talking about ultra marathoning and all of the things I needed to know. I had a lot of coaches, even though the most I spent on any of my coaching was about Uh, $25 for two books that I bought. The rest of it was just stuff that's publicly available. I took advantage of the resources that I had. There is no excuse to not having the coaching and the mentors in your life that you need. Now, if you don't have a person sitting in front of you, you are responsible for how you apply the information, but the information is available. It's everywhere. Don't make the excuse, I don't know how to do this. There's no one around. I can't afford it. Find the help you need. Sometimes it's virtual, could be through a book, maybe it's podcasts, blogs, uh, whatever the case, 
get the help that you need. And if you can, ask someone who's been there. Uh, you'd be surprised how helpful people are if you just ask them. We all need coaches and mentors. Uh, I could have learned this the hard way. Things like what kind of shoes to wear, <laughs> um, how to navigate going up and down hills for 15 hours, uh, what to eat, when to eat, how to eat. All of these things, I could have figured them out the hard way, but I was able to learn from the experiences of others. Find a coach and a mentor. Uh, next, number three, take advantage of the aid stations. Um, if you've ever done a long-distance race, you know that there are places along the route that are called aid stations. And those aid stations are different from place to place, but they typically have uh, fluids, water, sports drinks, other things that you can consume. They have food. They have uh, just basic first aid stuff, anything you would need along the course of the, the route, uh, along the route. When running a long race, there's something about knowing that in two miles or three miles or 10 miles, there's an aid station. And at that aid station, there will be people and there will be uh, food. There will be nutrition. There will be the materials, the stuff that I need to keep going. It's coming. There's something about knowing it's out there that really motivates you to keep going, even though you feel like quitting. And then when you get there, there's the fuels and the stuff that you need to get you back on the road and keep you moving forward. Take advantage of the aid stations and running. This is apparent, but in life, you need aid stations. Maybe the aid station is a church. Uh, maybe it's a, a, a community of people outside of church. Maybe it's a family group. Maybe it's a sports group. Maybe it's something else. But have these aid stations spread out on the route of your life. You know where they are. You know how far away they are. You know that if you keep moving, you're going to get there. And that when you do, you'll find the encouragement and the help you need to keep going. Have and take advantage of aid stations. This may be different in your life. But think about how you can have those people and those aid stations in your life. I'll say number four, be kind to your fellow travelers. Be kind to your fellow travelers. If you have not had the experience of participating in an endurance event, uh, man, there are a lot of reasons you should. One of them is this. It's amazing to me. Every time I've had the opportunity to be a part of something like this, and, and definitely for this event, it's amazing to me how a group of complete strangers who are all suffering can be so kind to each other. It's amazing to me. In life sometimes when I'm struggling, I'll look at someone else that I assume is probably also struggling or I know they are, and I'll say something to myself, not typically out loud because that would be wrong, but in my mind I'll say something like, I would help them, but I'm just hurting too bad. Or I would be kind to them, but I'm struggling so much. We say these things. We justify our lack of concern for others. I know that not all of life is like a race and that much of life is much worse than an endurance event, but it is possible to be kind to our fellow travelers. Everyone is dealing with something. Everyone you know is dealing with something. We're all struggling through stuff. We're all trying to figure things out. Be kind to your fellow strugglers. I talked about this in a recent podcast, wrote about this on a recent blog, but it's amazing how much encouragement we find and receive when we are going out of our way to be encouraging to others. Uh, there's a, an energy that comes with that. Be kind to your fellow travelers. Uh, this next one goes along with the last one. It's okay to encourage people you don't know. Now, these aren't your fellow travelers. These are just people you come in contact with. One of the, I, I don't know, unique things about an endurance event 
is that there are complete strangers all along the route. Now, this is a 62-mile route. They didn't line the route, but at places along the route, complete strangers, people who weren't running, people who weren't participating in the event, who were parked on the side of the road, some of them holding signs, cheering as other strangers, people they didn't know, ran by. That's crazy. (laughs) It's crazy and so oddly encouraging. Uh, I can't tell you the encouragement that comes when people you've never seen and you've never met and you'll never see again that tell you you're doing a good job and they clap for you. They went out of their way to position themselves along the route so they could just be a blessing to those who were running by. It's okay to encourage people you don't know. It's okay. Again, going back to what I just said a minute ago, everyone's dealing with something. Be encouraging. Maybe you're not even in the same event. Maybe they're playing a game you're not playing or participating in an activity you're not participating in or living some part of life that you're not currently living. It's okay to encourage people you don't know. Not only is it okay, it's actually pretty awesome. (laughs) And I would encourage you to do that. Uh, Next. There's a lot of lessons. Next. Follow the signs. For basically 62 miles, I had two goals. That's it. Two goals. Very, very simple. I'm a simple person, so uh, it worked out well. But two goals. Keep moving forward and follow the pink flags. (laughs) Those were my two goals. Keep moving forward. That one gets me from the beginning to the end. That one makes sense. But along the way, 62 miles, of course. I don't know how many flags there were, but in periodic intervals, there were these yellow flags or yellow ribbons tied to trees and and clipped to rocks and strewn about the entire course. These yellow ribbons marked the course. When you're tired, when you're not exactly sure where you are, when you're just trying to put one foot in front of the other and keep moving, just follow the pink ribbons. You know, life is very much that way. We have to know where we're going. We have to know what we're doing. And we have to fight to stay focused. People who got off course, I forgot to or missed a turn at one point. And I had to get uh, got up and I had to turn around and come back and then catch that turn. When that happens, it happens for one reason. <laughs> it happens because you get distracted. Distraction can come in the form of mental fatigue. There are a lot of things that can cause it. But you get distracted and miss the ribbon telling you which direction you're supposed to go next. When we're running this course of life, we should have two goals. Keep moving forward. Keep moving forward. And follow the signs. There are a lot of ways that we can follow the signs. As a Christian, I would say one big way is to stay in the Bible, to understand what God wants us to do, and then to align our lives and our path to that to follow the signs that he's given to us. To allow good people, the right people, as coaches and mentors, to speak into our lives. To know what we're there to do. I've talked about this again. Uh, We talk about running the race. I've talked about this in the past. Um, It's staying focused on what we have been called to do. Follow the pink flags. Stay focused. Don't get distracted. We get tired. When we're tired, stay focused. 
There are other people running around us and other things that are happening. Stay focused on what you're supposed to do. Uh, it's funny in a race to see, uh, and this did not happen to me, but it does happen, to see one person get off course and another person who was following that person instead of following the course markers, following them off course. Um, typically, when you see someone get off course, it's not just one person. <laughs> it's two people or more. They go together. Why? Because they're not following the markers. They've gotten distracted by what others are doing. Stay focused on what you are supposed to be doing. Follow the signs. And then finally, again, a lot of other lessons. I could write a couple of blog posts on this and give a couple of podcasts on this. But here's the last thing, and really maybe it's the first thing. Decide to finish before taking your first step. Decide that you are going to finish before you take the first step. There were a lot of people that dropped out of this race, this event. People who started, but decided somewhere along the way they weren't going to continue. A lot of people. There are people who get pretty far and decide they just don't want to go anymore. This particular event, there's a, a spot at mile, I think, 50, or 41, mile 41. So you've been running for 41 miles. You have uh, 20 miles or so to go. But it's a spot where the course kind of cuts back past the finish line. So you start, you take off, 41 miles later, you're right back at that spot, and you're supposed to keep going. That finish, or that starting line is also the finish line. So you've come back to the beginning or the end, however you view that. And at that spot, um, friends and family, crews, uh, others who are there to encourage you, they can meet you. So when you run through that spot, 41 miles into this race, there's a huge mob of just people. <laughs> I mean, little kids, uh, spouses, friends, family, etc. They're all right there, and you're literally uh, 20 yards from the finish line. Also, in this event, I don't think this is normal in every event, but in this event, it's a 62-mile race. But if you make it to that spot and quit, you get a finisher's medal for the 50-kilometer distance. <clears throat> That's 31 miles. You've gone 41 miles. They'll give you a finisher's medal for that distance. That spot right there <clears throat> is the number one spot that most people in the 100-kilometer race drop out. <clears throat> and that makes sense. It makes sense because they have gone a long way. They're very tired. They see people they know, and their car is over there. <laughs> so they quit. If we wait until we're in the race, a relationship race, a financial race, <clears throat> some other race, we've set a big goal, we're trying to accomplish something important, we're in the race. If we wait until we start the race or we're in the race to decide whether or not we're going to finish, I promise we will make the wrong decision. You can't wait until you're in the race to decide whether or not you're going to finish. You have to decide that ahead of time. I've been asked a bunch of times and when I've done other races in the past, the same question, uh, did you ever think about quitting? Well, I certainly thought about being done. <laughs> I wanted to be done. 
But I never entertained the idea of I could just quit or I should just quit. I didn't go there to quit. I went there to finish. And I had already decided that unless I found myself in the hospital, I was not going to quit. I made the decision ahead of time. And if you don't make the decision ahead of time, you'll make the wrong decision. This is true in any area of life. If what you're doing is important enough to do, then it's important enough to finish. And really, when we talk about march or die, that is the march or die principle in a nutshell. Decide before you start that you're going to finish. There will be obstacles, there will be difficulties, there will be trials, there will be overwhelming stuff for sure, no doubt. But whatever it is, deal with it and keep moving forward. For those that are interested in such things, I did post a video. I took some video while I was running. Uh, posted some video on my YouTube channel. You can go find that. Jeremy Stallnecker. Just look for my name. You'll find the channel there. Hopefully you're subscribed. If you're not, subscribe. Uh, but you can find that there as well. And uh, it was a great event. And I'm really thankful I did it. Uh, I'm looking forward to doing more. But there are a lot of lessons to be learned. And it's amazing how many of the lessons learned in a physical event like that apply to our spiritual life, um, our relationships, just life in general, how we deal with things emotionally. There are lessons that need to be learned and understood. Um, I hope you'll take these. I hope you'll learn them. Life is full of ups and downs and trials and tribulations and difficulties. I know that. But we can win. And winning so often comes down to simply refusing to quit. Putting one foot in front of the other. I was as prepared as I could possibly be. That helped me. I planned. I had coaches in my life. That helped me. I tried to be kind to other people. I enjoyed it when people were kind to me. All those things were amazing. But it came down to this. You're not done yet. Keep moving forward. And then eventually you get to the finish line. And it's amazing how all the stress and pressure, not the pain, that sticks around a little while, but the stress, the pressure, um, all the rest of it just falls away as you finish what you started. I hope that's a help to you today. That is what it is to march or die. Because in life, it's so much easier to just stay where you are and die, to give up, to throw in the towel, to say, I can't move forward anymore. But when you hit that point, you have a decision to make. Will you stay? Will you die? Or will you march? The decision is always yours. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. We will talk to you next time. I'm Don Hawkins, and I once heard Chick-fil-A founder Truett Cathy say, you can tell if a person needs encouragement, check to see if they're breathing. I'd like to invite you to my weekly podcast, Encouragement for You, featuring encouraging guests like Dr. Greg and Aaron Smalley, Dan Cathy, the late Dr. Frank Menrith, Josh McDowell, and more. To subscribe to my weekly Encouragement for You podcast, go to lifeaudio.com. That's lifeaudio.com.